Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app and get a bonus up to $100 when you sign up. Sports, entertainment, little to no culture. It's time for Unsportsmanlike Conduct with Ed Graney and Adam Hill. Welcome into Unsportsmanlike Conduct of the Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports and presented by the Las Vegas Review-Journal, Blue Wire, and the one and only Liquid Death. We're your hosts, Ed Graney and Adam Hill, and we're here each week to give you some of our thoughts on the Las Vegas Raiders before entering the world of news and topics we find interesting. Here we go. Um, so let me start with this, because I know you've talked to him a couple times this week, and I'm talking about Devontae Adams. Um, we know what happened last week in the first half, how well he played, how many targets he got. In the second half, they kind of went away from that. Devontae had a lot of things to say after the game. Um, a lot of people perceived them shots at the coaching uh, then he came back, you were in a scrum early this week, asking him questions about, you know, what, what the meaning of all that was big picture here. Who do you think he's most upset with? Um, I mean, I think you would have to, you know, that would, that, that's a really deep question. That I think, uh, well, you'd have to, well, maybe do a couple shots with him and get him to, at the bar to sure. open up about that sort of thing. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's like, I think the first thing to point out, is that he's never really been in this position. They had two losing seasons in Green Bay, but uh, what one was when Aaron Rodgers was hurt. Uh, one was, you know, right down at the end of the season. I think they lost the last game. They could fall under 500. Um, but he's never been in a spot where they're four games under 500 and essentially out of contention, you know, midway through the season. Like he's never, and they're not officially mathematically, but essentially they are. And I think he's never been in that position before. And I think you can understand uh, some of the frustration when he came here thinking he was, you know, adding a generational talent, at wide receiver to what was already a playoff team. And that was going to push him over the top. Um, I'm sure that's what he believed. And, and you would understand why at this point of the season, he's thinking, what did I get myself into? Um, but he's getting paid. He's happy. He's in an awesome place to live. He's closer to home. Like all those things are true, but um, on the field, it just hasn't worked out. And, um, is there a frustration with the coaching staff for not getting the ball more? Sure. Frustration with himself, maybe, for either, you know, putting himself in this position, misreading the situation, or or even some of the things he's done on the field. He, he has had a couple drops. Um, so is a frustration with himself, with the offensive line, with his old friend Derek Carr. Like, their relationship seems good, but, you know, there might be some frustration there. Um, I, I think it's everything. I think it, it's more frustration at the entire situation than it is any one person. I might have misread this, uh, and I might be wrong. I don't know what you think, because I think McDaniels, you know, legitimately took some grief for that game and play calling in certain spots. Um, but they were up, uh, was it 17-0 uh, at half? 20-3? What, last week? Yes, against Jacksonville. Well, it, was, it was actually 20-10. to 10. Okay, 20-10, but at some point they were up 17. They were up 17, and then they were up 20-7. to 7. Okay. Um, and then. So, so here's the thing on, and before we even move on to anything else, like uh, one of the things that, you know, after the game, the narrative was that Devontae Adams talked about, Hey, we went away from what was working and right. people thought they got conservative, all of that. Um, I've now watched the game three times and uh, I also you know did, did a play chart and uh, I'm trying to remember the exact timing, but the, the Raiders kicked a field goal to go up 20 to seven with about 45 seconds left in the second quarter. Uh, so they're up 20 to 7, 45 seconds left in the second quarter. They got the ball uh, like three minutes into the fourth quarter, down 24 20. 
and they had only run five plays in that time. So from 45 seconds after the third quarter to a couple minutes into the fourth quarter, you go from up 13 to down four and you only have five offensive plays. Right. Well, they didn't get conservative. They didn't get, um, they didn't fall apart offensively. They just didn't have the ball. And that's not to put it on the defense necessarily. Um, because I, I think the defense has been, uh, really, really, you know, taken to task for a lot of this. And it, it's, it's both sides of the ball because conversely, uh, the Raiders then got the ball, you know, four times in the fourth quarter with a chance to take the lead and they didn't. So, you know, at some point you're going to give up points. You're going to, it was more just circumstance of the game, right? They're up 27. They give up that field goal right at the end, the last play of the second quarter. So instead of being up 27, they're up 20 to 10. And then a long drive to start the third quarter is a touchdown drive. So now, um, you know, you get the ball back and you're only up three. Uh, it is a different, you know, kind of a different feel. Uh, and then they went, you know, they had two really nice running plays. They get about 24 yards on those two running plays. And then a pass to Devontae Adams that went nowhere. And then two incompletions. Uh, and then, you know, they give the ball back. So uh, they didn't get conservative. They just didn't have the ball. And then late in the fourth quarter, I think it had been so long since they were on the field that, uh, you know, the rhythm was gone. The, the Some of the timing was gone. And uh, they weren't able to get anything going. But, you know, both sides of the ball can take plenty of blame for this. Yeah. But so at, at the end of the day, you paid the offense. You decided offense was what you wanted. Right. You invested heavily in the offense. This should be on the offense. And if they have that many opportunities, they can't you know, complain about anything the defense does. So with the lead to start, um, and maybe I'm, uh, you know, making this too simplistic or wrong, but I, I kind of bought into his idea about having balance. And I know everyone looked at the targets in the second half and the, the passing game in the second half. But I didn't think he was outrageous in what he said in his explanation to us on Wednesday about what had happened, or maybe it was Monday, I'm sorry, Monday when he met um, with the media. I know you were there. Uh, in terms of having, trying to have some balance, that you can't throw every play, uh, especially when you're up. Did you give him a pass there? Was that Did that make sense at all to you when you talked about, you know, when people said, hey, why did you go away from the pass so much? Yeah, it made sense. But they also, like I said, they actually didn't go away from the pass. They just didn't have the ball. Um, but yeah, it, it makes sense from a philosophical standpoint for sure, because, uh, they were starting to get a little bit of pressure. And if you just drop back and pass on every single play, you don't have the, uh, you know, you don't have the offensive line. I don't think to be able to do that, to be able to tell your line, Hey, we're going to throw every single down get out there, pass block every single play. This is a line that is far more comfortable run blocking. They do much better as run blockers and they they do much better as pass blockers when the run is established like that's that's what this line is and so yeah it's, i think that you have to uh you know i'm not a run the ball guy uh but i do think that there is elements of this offense where you know you are much more comfortable when you're running the ball and look the offensive line wasn't great anyway last week josh jacobs had 67 yards but 66 were after contact that's incredible um they, they weren't creating a whole lot in the run game but you do do it just to keep them off balance so that they can't just tee off and, and pass rush because they were getting there uh, on the pass rush as well. So that's why you run the ball in that situation. Uh, so you're not putting it uh, much. Well, yeah, I mean, you're saying it's across the board because I'm writing about Max Crosby this week, the year he's having um, recovered the fumble last week, had no sacks last week. I don't think any of them had sacks last week. Um, but defensively, uh, do you think they're getting unfair chops here, even based on their ratings of, 28th in total defense, 31st in red zone defense. I mean, how much stock do you put in those rankings? And, you know, are they as poor as people think? 
Well, it hasn't been good. Let, let's let's you know start right there. And you, know, you mentioned the red zone defense, which has been bad. Uh, the goal to go defense uh, teams have been perfect in goal to go situations, fifteen out of fifteen this year, which uh, is a pretty staggering stat. But here's the thing about that: it's fifteen out of fifteen this year, and people are making a big deal about it. They also surrendered touchdowns on their last fourteen goal to go drives last year with a totally different staff uh, and on a team that went to the playoffs. Like that's something that this team has struggled with for sure is allowing touchdowns in goal to go situations. So um, they need to kind of fix that. Uh, I think the, one of the biggest things with the defense is the fact that they really just haven't generated turnovers at all. Uh, that just hasn't been a thing. And a lot of that is because the pass rush hasn't been there. I mean, they they have gone two straight games without a sack for the first time this year. Max Crosby had zero pressure two weeks ago. It didn't really impact the game very much last week either. And um, teams are just really taking him out of things. Uh, and the fact that Nate Hobbs isn't there is affecting the secondary. So uh, you're neutralizing Max Crosby by sending a bunch of bodies at him. You don't have Nate Hobbs, and this defense becomes very, very ordinary. Uh, so, you know, you have to find a way to overcome that. You have to find a way to generate turnovers. Um, it hasn't been good defensively, uh, but at the same time, like, you you decided, for the most part, that you were going to say, we're going to go outscore teams. We're going to have all these weapons on offense. We're going to go outscore you. Now, they've only had their full complement of offensive weapons uh, in Renfro, Waller, Adams, and Carr together for you know 67 snaps this year, I believe, which is less than one full game. Uh, so that's a big part of it. But um, you know, you you built this team to outscore people, and that was what you wanted to do, and that just hasn't happened. Locals know the STN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas. So download the STN Sports app today. You may start noticing there are strange tall boys of beer in the bottled water section of your local stores. Well, it's not beer. It's actually mountain spring water from the Alps, and it's called Liquid Death. And it's available in still, sparkling, and three other flavors. Why is this water called Liquid Death? Well, basically, it'll brutally murder your thirst, and their infinitely recyclable tall boy cans are helping bring death to plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Aluminum is infinitely recyclable and can actually be profitable for recycling facilities. One day I was at work in the cafeteria and saw the Las Vegas Review Journal was carrying liquid death in the vending machine. So I sat drinking one at work while eating my tacos just to fake my coworkers out and make them think I was having an icy cold tall boy with lunch. Go get liquid death at your local Smith's, Walmart, Sprouts, or find a liquid death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash Vegas Nation. That's liquiddeath.com slash Vegas Nation. It's interesting because narratives can change based on records. If they were six and two, I don't think we'd hear Dave Ziegler talking about we're evaluating everyone. This is what this year's about. We've been doing this all season. I think if you're six and two, you're talking about, you know, trying to win the AFC West and qualifying for the playoffs. So I wrote this the other day. I want to know your thoughts. What given what they did before the year, given all the money, hundreds of millions of dollars in contracts, um, being very positive about the team, you know, extending people, bringing people in, high price guys, big time names, playoff team last year. I think it was a win now situation in their minds that they thought, like you said, hey, we'll bring Devontae Adams in on a playoff team. This will be, you know, not easy to get back, but this will be expected. Now we're hearing, well, we're evaluating people this year. So narratives can change based on the record. And they're, I think the narrative now is rebuild, um, given some of the things they've done. But should that take away from if they don't make the playoffs, this is a failure. I mean, can you change midseason like that with what you're telling people and still not be considered a failure if you don't make the playoffs, given that was probably the goal to start the year? 
yeah, look, the, the, they set what the expectations and the goals were by doing things the way they did. You know, I thought it was wrong. We talked about that a lot here. I thought they should have yep. blown it a step up. back and, and rebuilt. And now, no matter what, if you're rebuilding starting next year, you're a year behind. So it's a failure in that regard. Like I, I think that there's some things they did wisely in terms of structuring some contracts that they can get out of um, that going into next year that you know mitigate some of the failure. Um, and that, you know, you say, well, it could have been worse because you could have locked some guys up long-term and not been able to get out of those and not had any, any, uh, flexibility in terms of, you know, moving forward like that. But, um, so yeah, you can mitigate some of that quote unquote failure. Uh, but I think where you set expectations, how you structured this off season, how you approached it, um, anything less of a playoff berth would be a failure. Now I, right. that was, that wasn't my expectations. I still didn't think this team was good enough. And I, thought they'd fall short, but you know, that's what you put on paper. That's what, that's what you kind of proclaimed. And that's, that's how you behaved that you thought you were one or two players away from being a real contender. And it's kind of blown up in your face at this point. Why didn't you think they would be a contender this year to start the defense? Well, no, I, I, I thought, look, the, the phrase I've used pretty consistently is, is fool's gold. Like they were not a good team last year. They, they were a team that, you know, that somehow stayed together through a lot of adversity. They found ways to win close games at the end, but you know, I know people hate analytics and they hate, uh, they hate a lot of the, you know, reading closer into things. And uh, a lot of people are just like, Hey, you win your win loss record is your win loss record. And that's it. And, and that's fine. And that's how, you know, teams are judged and that's how you make the playoffs. But um, not all playoff teams are created equal. They had a very easy schedule. Uh, they had a, a, you know, several games last year against teams who didn't have their starting quarterback they found ways to win and the underlying numbers suggested they just weren't a good team. Um, and they, you know, they, they got a playoff berth cause they earned it. Like don't take away what they did. What they accomplished was tremendous. It was unbelievable what they were able to overcome and, and make the playoffs last year. And it was, it was a special season, but that doesn't mean that you come in and say, Hey, look, we're good. We made the playoffs. Like you have to look deeper than that and have to look at the fact that they weren't a good team overall uh, last season. And, you you treated this offseason like you were a great team, and and that just wasn't the case. And so uh, there's a reason why, despite all those additions, the Raiders were still picked last in the division. That the sportsbooks still had them last. That the future odds were, um, you know, the longest odds in the division. Uh, there's reasons for all that. Like the the underlying numbers suggested, they just weren't a good team, and and you're kind of seeing that bear out this year. Yeah, um, one of the guys they can get out of the deal with at the end of the year is Derek Carr. Um, I don't think a lot of people kind of realize that it's up to two or three days after the Super Bowl that they can get out of that before they have to pay him. Um, and I don't think he's had a great year. Um, I don't think that's any secret. Uh, do you think at this point when it comes to the evaluations, they they're making a hard look at him already? And again, you said it the other day in another meeting we're in, you know, people would scoff at this that success would be two and 15, but, uh, and I don't think they're going two and 15, they're going to win games. Um, but, if you want one of these quarterbacks, it's a top level quarterback draft, um, especially three of these kids, uh, you you know, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to finish that poorly and get one of them and and move on from Carr. So where do you think they are in the evaluation of Carr at this point with nine games left to go and, do, you know, those three kids sitting out there? Yeah, but I, I would I would imagine that they've made a decision, but those things can change. There's moving parts. And, you know, one of the things that uh, we just right now finished listening to Josh McDaniels. And one of the things he was saying is you do, you know, you are going to learn a lot about these guys by how they finish this season. Um, you know, not mathematically eliminated yet, but 
you know, for all intents and purposes, it seems like it. And what what, what guys are going to fight and claw and scrap, even though you don't technically have anything to play for. Like they want to see that. And, you know, if Derek Carr can, can lead this team and keep them together and, and, you know, lead some big push at the end of the year, that might, that might go a long way to determining how they feel. I don't know how they feel. I don't know that they've decided to move on or decided to keep them. I don't know if they, if they've decided either way, I would, I would imagine that they have a decision in mind or at least are close to a decision and they want to see how maybe, you know, how he's able to circle the wagons, so to speak, and, and move forward. And and they'll probably judge some on that. And they'll probably judge a lot of guys on that, but um, we, we will see where they are yet. Yeah, but yes, to me, um, and I, you know, again, it's, it's a complicated way to say it, but, they got a huge win in Jacksonville last week and you know, people say, well, they lost. Yes. That that's big. Uh, not only because you get a loss and you get one step closer to having a better draft pick, but also uh, because Jacksonville is a team that you might be fighting for uh, one of those top draft picks with. And now they have the tiebreaker uh, to go ahead of you, which means you would fit, would draft higher uh, in the draft. So uh, to me, that's, that's the mentality right now. Like the, the ideal scenario right now for the rest of the year is to play really, really well, to have a bunch of guys really step up, especially the young players, to look really good, to have games completely won in hand, and to find a way to lose them. Like that's that's the ideal scenario right now uh, to me if I'm running a team. Uh, but the reality is, players are going to fight as as long as they're on the field for the most part. And you know, Devontae Adams does not want to go out there and tank. Like Devontae Adams doesn't want to go out there and not play. No, hard. and the players, the players, you never get that from the players. They don't care about draft picks. Of course. And, and I, I'm not just singling out Devontae. Nobody, none no. of the players care, by the way. Or should they? Yeah, for the players, like a better draft pick means they might lose their job. Right, like, right. Like, it might be a guy, they might draft a guy that plays their position. Like you, you don't want to have, uh, you don't want to tank if you're a player, but for the organization, um, you know, if maybe some guys are kind of hurt, but not fully hurt, eh, go ahead and take a few weeks off. Let's put you in injured reserve. Let's see how that works out. Uh, if, uh, if Derek Carr at some point has a little uh, lingering pain in the back. Oh, why don't you take four weeks off and see how that goes? Like that's the kind of things you do uh, if you do want to ensure that you get a better draft position. And we'll, well see how that does, that, does that have anything to do with Waller and Renfro both going on the IR? You think, or do you think these are legit things? Because I I think this is the first time we've heard of an oblique strain with Renfro. Well, yeah, and then today we got more convoluted news on exactly what it was. I'm not. I still not. not I'm still not sure exactly what uh, he's dealing with. It was a. Um, Another Josh McDaniels, I'm not a doctor uh, right, answer today. Right. He just kind of said it's something in the side. Uh, yeah, we hadn't really heard about it. He'd been limited a little bit. With Darren Waller, like we kind of think, you know, maybe he's a week or two out. But hey, take the four weeks off. Like what? What harm does it do? You're not, you know, you're not, uh, you know, you're not going to lose out on a playoff spot because you lose a game here and there. Uh, that that ship has kind of sailed. So um, yeah, good opportunity to get guys healthy and make sure they don't have any long term damage and. Uh, get them back at the end of the year, maybe. Uh, depending maybe, on what the maybe. Scenario. I mean, depending on the record, I don't know how much is going to be worth it. Yeah, yeah, and so we'll see how that plays out. But yeah, those are the ways that you ensure that you don't have a great start, a great end of the season. Uh, have you started your draft uh, evaluations yet? Not, not hardcore. No, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm watching games here and there, uh, checking out some guys, and uh, every once in a while, you know, if you if you flip on a college game, you kind of look at who the who the potential uh, draft prospects are and, and kind of evaluate them a little bit, but far from being ready to, uh, you know, to get any kind of mock drafts or evaluations together. All right. So you can't tell us what you think about the quarterbacks. Oh, I mean, quarterbacks are, are an easy breed. 
Um, you know, we're going to see a lot more in, in the combine and things like that. But I think you can watch a lot of guys and see, um, you know, where where they kind of shape up. So yeah, I've, I've seen obviously um, you you watch you know Alabama and you watch you know guys uh, like Will Levis at Kentucky and as I mentioned Alabama, you got Bryce Young. Um, CD Stroud at Ohio State, who I think is a really, really, really good player. Uh, I think all these guys are pretty good. Um, you know, will it be Levis Young or Stroud at the top? I think it depends on the team and, and kind of who they want. Right. Um, Brett, Bryce Young, you know, I know people are a little bit down because he's lost a couple of games, but, um, you know, I, I still think he's a very good player. It's just, it's tough to always analyze Alabama quarterbacks because of all the immense talent they have around them. Yeah, uh, so yeah. it's a little bit more difficult to see, uh, but I and the same thing kind of goes with C.J. Stroud, uh, but I do I think C.J. Stroud, as much as it pains me to say, it, as a Michigan fan, is a really really talented player, and so is Will Levis. I mean, he's he's taking Kentucky to uh, kind of some unprecedented levels with their football program, so he's obviously been a good player too. Finally, how is uh, how is your boxing going with your new contraption? Dude, my arm's struggling, man. I, really? I'm so, I think Tell I, the people I, in again on what you do now. Yeah, we got the uh, the virtual boxing on the on the MetaQuest. It's a uh, it's pretty intense. I built myself up like when I first started, I was getting like you know four or five rounds and couldn't even go anymore. And now I'm to like fifteen rounds. Fifteen rounds last night. Really? Yeah, but I mean, not you know, not uh, the the snap on the punches and like round thirteen, fourteen, not great. Okay. Not great at all. A lot you, of, you took, uh, a, lot of you took like one of those uh, long ago heavyweight matches of fifteen rounds against Ali. No, no, no. I had a, I had it was four different fights. Okay, all right. But I ended okay. a couple early with knockouts, so you know, you gotta, you know, you gotta take take away some of that. No, it's a, uh, it's pretty intense, man. It's a, uh, you know, I think we might have said the skin, this is the game throw of the fight on uh, on the MetaQuest. So you're in there, you're kind of throwing punches, and um, I've noticed that my. I throw way too many lefts and especially like the left jab uh, <laughs> because, because it's like your, you know, it's your lead hand and you see the, you know, see your opponent drop his hands a little bit. So you just want to get, get there quickly. So you right. Just, you throw that left jab out there. And then by the end of it, you're like, man, I threw way too many left jabs. My arm is just dangling now. It's it's tough. Got the elbow, got the uh, Josh Allen elbow working. I might need time. Oh, no, you got the, U- you get the UCL tear. I might, I might, but uh, yeah, it's it's pretty intense, man. It's going, it's going well. Are you doing any other sports? Uh, well, I got the I got the uh, football simulator too. So you know, reading some defenses, making some making some throws. Okay, and in that in that, do you get to choose which quarterback you are? Yeah, you can. Do, there's a couple different games, so yeah, there's there's multiple. Who have you chosen? I'm uh, I like I like to go with the Ravens. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, you Fun. chose a good guy. Oh yeah. And, and can you run? I'm trying to get them paid. Yeah, you can do you can do you can do multiple things. It depends on what game you're what game you're in. But the one I, I just I like to do a lot of just uh, passing drills and finding the open guy. Nice. All right. Well, I'm happy for you. I always want updates on that. Now your left arm's hurting. We got to get you and Larry Mir doing one of those uh, uh, simulations and see who wins. Can you? If Larry had a headset on, could you fight him? I don't think so. It's a one player thing. But um, certainly, Adam, don't, uh, Adam don't want this. You don't, no, want he doesn't want don't, don't want the smoke. Don't want none of this, even in a virtual world. <laughs> well, I know a couple of the uh, a couple of the TV guys were uh, were kind of mocking us in the uh, media room because they're out there actually boxing, like actual boxing. I'm like, Who's, why go to the, what? Why go we to got the gym? TV guys who actually box. Yes. Really. Yeah, the guys from Channel Three. 
Oh, he actually, he actually yeah. boxes, huh? Well, multiple, all of them. So they go to the gym and 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 and, and go at it. Yeah, and I'm like, why? You just do it from home. He's getting the simulator. Oh man, I I didn't know that. I didn't know those guys were boxers. Oh yeah, and they're you know they're kind of looking down at me. I'm like, hey, look, I'm getting a lot of rounds in. Got the left. We got that. You know, got that tough uh the tough elbow. I'm trying to work out. I got to stretch. I think I got to stretch the arms a little bit more before. Before the yeah, fight. those round stretches where you, you swing your arms around. But now that you got the UCL tear, I'm not sure about that. Yeah. Should we so, do a virtual fight club uh, episode like we did the uh, media fight yeah. club episodes in the past? Yes, that would be tremendous. Uh, I'll be great. I, there's got to be there's got to be one where you can box each other. There's got to be an interactive one somewhere. That's what I'm saying. You gotta. If not, they should make it so you can interactively box your, box each other. I mean that that would be sweet. Oh, I'll be fantastic. Yeah, I'll try to figure that one out. We have to make we have to make this work. All right. Good stuff there, as always, from Adam. Uh, that's going to do for our latest edition of Unsportsmanlike Conduct of the Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casinos, STN Sports, and presented by the Las Vegas Review-Journal, Blue Wire, and Liquid Death. Remember now, there are new episodes of Vegas Nation every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Subscribe to Vegas Nation on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any podcasting app. Find all that coverage and more at VegasNation.com. For our producer, Larry Neer, and my co-host, Adam Hill, I'm Ed Graney. We'll talk to you next week. Vegas. Get in on the sports betting action and get on the STN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. So sign up today.